Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I'm so happy to have you with us here today, and I want to say thank you to everyone who supports this show. I want to say thank you to everyone who has joined us in our live uh, chat room here on YouTube and excited about how many people went around and shared yesterday's, well, share all our shows. Yesterday's show was uh, a big hit, and I wanted to say thank you for everybody who did that. We have we are growing, 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 and that is so exciting for me. I am so happy about that. Uh, thank you for readjusting, some some of you readjusting your schedules to join us at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time instead of 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time because, uh, as I mentioned last uh, yesterday, uh, we have a church conference this week, and we have to schedule the show a little bit early so that we can be sure to have time to get to church on time. <laughs> Thinking of that that song from My Fair Lady, get him to the church on time. Did I just age myself? Do millennials watch musicals? <laughs> I don't even know about that. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be here, and I, I want to remind you for today's show, just so nobody is unexpectedly triggered, feelings aren't... Uh, errantly hurt. Uh, we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over personality. We are a teach show and not a talk show. And so what I'm going to be doing today, uh, what I endeavor to do today, is talk about some current event issues today that will uh, help us understand, at least in part, where our education system has gone wrong or at least maybe some aspects of error in our education system. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna use some questions that people have sent me over social media, some discussions that I've been involved in, and uh, hopefully that will help some of you. Now, I don't, uh, because I'm driving the submarine by myself, and JC's not here, I don't have a lot of time or attend, be able to pay attention to the chat room as I usually do. But make sure that if you have questions in uh, and you're in our live chat room today, that you go ahead and type in your questions and I will do my best to answer them as well. And I'd like to do this more, reg uh, 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 more regularly. Now, I wanna mention to you that this year in 2020, uh, we are going to be having some closed meeting Q&As by invitation only. Those closed meeting Q&As will be held open only to the people who support us through texting impact, 22, uh, impact 2020 to 33777. So impact 2020, no space, no extra spaces, you know, just impact 2020 to 33777. Members of Liberty First University, and to the best of my, and, and, and I'm going to go out of my way to ensure that those of you who donate via chrisannhall.com and anybody who is regularly donating here through the um, uh, super chat, okay? that we're going to have a closed meeting Q&A uh, for our supporters, a way for us to say thank you so much for those of you who financially support what we do. Now, we, we, we appreciate all the support we get. We couldn't do what we do without your liking. By the way, if you're in the chat room now, go ahead and like, right? Go over and like what you've got there, and let's, let's make sure that we get those likes built up. Uh, if you're also in the chat room or you're watching on YouTube later on, make sure that you hit the bell and subscribe so that you'll be sure to get the notices when our classes come. And so we're going to have this as a little perk for those of you who financially support us because without your financial support, I hate to sound like that, but without your financial support, the bottom line is it takes money. And without your financial support, we can't do what we do. And so today's little preview of what kind of things we're going to be doing. So leave your questions in the chat room 
and uh, let us know uh, what you're thinking and I'll make sure that I, I look at the chat room as best as I can. Now, the first thing that I want to talk to you about is Virginia. Virginia. And I want to talk to you about how encouraged I was to see the numbers, the videos, the things happening there. And I, I, we had the whole show about it yesterday, but since yesterday, I've been able to actually go online and see the videos. The videos that have come out, by the way, of, of people, just simply uh, testimonials from, uh, from the streets. I mean, we're getting, we're getting word that there were up to, um, oh, up anywhere up to a hundred thousand people there. I mean, I've talked to people who have said that, hey, the, the, there were blocks and blocks and blocks of people, blocks and blocks of people who were actually there, um, shoulder to shoulder, no space whatsoever. And, uh, it's just, amazing how many people showed up. This is the history of Virginia. This is actually how this is supposed to work. This is the history of America. We're not supposed to be standing alone. We're not supposed to be uh, living in a situation where, hey, we have to be on our own. We have to fight the government on our own. We have to stand for our own rights. As a matter of fact, we are a constitutional republic, not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic because we are designed to stand together. And so I want us to realize that's who we are, that's who we need to be, and I want to applaud everyone for coming. I don't know how many of you saw the videos. Thank you, Richard. Who is this? Why is it not even giving me your whole name? Is that Richard Kramer? <laughs> um, we, uh, Richard, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing, is that you, Richard Kramer? Let me know through the chat room. Richard just donated to our super chat here in uh, the YouTube chat room, and I'm so grateful for that. But um, I want, did, did any of you see the videos of the people on the streets? And specifically, uh, the, the black women, and um, I think there was another video with another black man who said, hey, uh, this is not a bunch of white rednecks. There's Asian patriots here. There's uh, black patriots here. There's Hispanic patriots here. And it's because we love liberty that, and, and because we love our right to keep and bear arms that we're here. And so, again, I want to just say thank you and kudos to everyone that came and kudos to everyone who has supported uh, this endeavor across America because we had similar kind of meetings across America and I know there are similar kinds of meetings planned across America. So let me show you something, teach show, not talk show, that I found on Twitter, uh, Michael Cord. Cordry. Michael Cordry is an entrepreneur, an activist, the CEO of UcoSocialist, uh, social.com, social media for politicians and organizations. Um, oh, last name is pronounced Kudre. There you go. Michael Kudre. And thank you for that, Michael, showing us what your name is. Now, oh, here's that video. Oh, let me go ahead and play that for you. Let me hold on a second. Let me put this um, earpiece in so I can be sure that you are hearing this. You guys have got to hear this. It's not that long. It's on YouTube, so it can't be that long. But I want you to hear this because this made me stand up and cheer. Uh, here we go. We'll start it over in the beginning. Okay, there we go. I'm pausing it for a second so we can turn the volume up. There you go. All right, here we go. Okay, why am I out here? Basically, I'm out 
out here because I got roped into it by the group of guys you see standing to my right. But the main, re the real reason I'm out here is I do not support in any way, shape, or form Governor Northam's and the Democrats' gun control. What I also don't support is the fact that every news piece you've seen on this this weekend, they've always brought up the issue of race, as though it's nothing but white rednecks and hillbillies out here who care for the Second Amendment. When actually, black Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans, Americans in general, they care about the Second Amendment. I work at a gun store part-time, and I can't tell you the number of customers I see of all races, all colors, all creeds, who care about the Second Amendment and who just want to peaceably live their lives, enjoy their rights, and the Second Amendment. So that's why I'm out here. And main, big media, mainstream media be damned. If you take a good look at me, you can see I'm a black American. <laughs> what I'm here for is to enjoy my Second Amendment rights. That's why I'm here. Great. And what, tell us about what do you think about the cordoning off that's going on out here uh, of, of the uh, capital area? You know what? It's great. What we ought to do is everybody just walk up with master locks, put master locks on the gates, and lock that bastard in. <laughs> that's what, you know, to be quite honest, what I, <laughs> shut up. What I honestly think about it is, it's wrong. This is our capital. We pay for these grounds. This is not some place for the king to hold up in. This is our capital. This is our state. We have the right to petition for redress of our well, our government of our grievances. And our grievance today is their treatment of us and the Second Amendment. So the fact that he's got to hide behind fences like he's the king in Braveheart, I think is complete and utter garbage. Isn't that stinking hilarious? I mean, seriously. He's going to hide behind the walls like the king of Braveheart. <laughs> I am so encouraged by that. That is so incredible. I wonder if I can find that other video on Kudre's page. Um, anyway, but that was one that, that, that really, 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 really made me cheer. And I'm so excited to see the people coming out all over the place to talk about this. Now, the, 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 the uh, tweet that of Michael Kudre's that I wanted to show you is uh, this one right here. A source in D.C. has told me that the FBI has allocated resources and is now compiling a list of militias other, uh, and other attendees at the Virginia rally and will be aggressively monitoring their activities. He says law-abiding gun owners do not deserve this kind of illegal surveillance and harassment. Now, let me tell you, I heard from people who were there on the scene. I heard from people that they were drones. There were drones everywhere. Now, you can guarantee that those were not private drones. Remember the reports that the FAA uh, made this a no-fly zone? Well, the FAA making it a no-fly zone applies, believe it or not, to drones as well. And now, uh, we've talked about this on the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, but we also know that the uh, FAA is seeking to push forward new rules that says that there has to be real ID chips in the, uh, in the drones. If your drone weighs more than a half a pound, it has to have a real ID chip to it. You have to be linked to that IG, ID, uh, ID chip so that they can monitor who you are and where you are every time you're try you fly your drone. Now, less than a pound, okay, less than half a pound. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a little bit more, anything more than a half a pound. A half a pound is a toy drone. I mean, I want you to think about this. These are the drones that you buy for your children. These are the drones, well, I frankly, I don't care how much they weigh. The federal government doesn't have the authority. Can I just step back for a second? It doesn't matter how much my drone weighs. The federal government has no authority to regulate or force me to identify myself when I'm going to be flying my drone. Period. There is no authority for the FAA unless it is to deal with international flights. States have the authority to regulate their airspace. And if my drone is not flying above 4,000 feet, 
near an airport and 10,000 feet other places, then guess what? If I'm not in the, in the path of a, of a plane or uh, some other flying, legally flying uh, apparatus where I'm going to injure someone or, or put someone in harm's way, guess what? The, better, the government has no business, state or federal, has no business regulating my private activity, period. Remember, liberty knows no bounds other than you cannot harm or control the right of another. Thank you, Michael Montgomery. He says, I'm dropping your name all over the Virginia situation. Thank you. Well, it's not my name that's important. It's the education, and I do appreciate that kind of support because I believe that, that we have a unique unique aspect of this education and so I want you to know something very important other than the fact that the federal government has no authority to regulate our drone activity and these these sources that the FBI is doing all of this stuff right this is crazy now how does this happen this happens because the federal government has passed all of these insidious laws, the um, Patriot Act, the indefinite detention provisions within NDAA that is renewed by our Congress every single year since 2012, under the guise of protecting us from terrorists, under the guise of protecting us from terrorists, we have allowed all of these unconstitutional and liberty-destroying laws to be put in place. And the purpose of these laws is to be able to classify U.S. citizens as domestic terrorists. We already have foreign laws. We already have ways to identify foreign people as terrorists. The whole reason that we have the Patriot Act, the whole reason we have the indefinite detention provisions of the NDAA, the whole reason that we have the Federal Grounds Buildings uh, Improvement Act, the whole reason we have these acts is so that the federal government can claim under the color of law the authority to label Americans as domestic terrorists. Now that's why, let me just be very clear, Michael Coudre says a source in DC has told me that the FBI has allocated resources and is now compiling a list of militias and other attendees at the Virginia rally and will be aggressively monitoring their activities. Do you know the only reason that the, the federal governments can aggressively monitor our activities. I'm going to go ahead and type this in really quick here. Uh, is because they have identified us as domestic terrorists. Seriously. I want you to think about that for just a second. Because the federal government has made these laws and the only way they can allocate resources legally under their laws, the only way they can compile a list of militias and uh, legally under their laws, the only way that they can aggressively monitor the activities of an American without a warrant is because they have classified these Americans and and let me just tell you let me just tell you likely you, you know I'm on that list too and anybody who's made posts about Virginia is on that list too the only way they can do that under their laws is that they've identified us as domestic terrorists See, even under the FISA laws, which now apply to Americans, we don't really realize that. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Courts now apply to Americans. The only way they can do that is if they determine us to be domestic terrorists. And they can do that with these quasi-non-warrants. 
because they've identified us as domestic terrorists. How is it that the FBI, simply because people are peacefully protesting their government, peacefully protesting a governor and his administration that's operating too much like kings, too much like kings, I loved how that guy in the interview said, uh, hold up in there like the king of Braveheart. How many of you know that Governor Northam had himself all locked up and barricaded in there and, and, and nobody could get to him? See, Northam thinks he's a king and he's forgotten that all civil power is derived from the people, not from his will and his whim. And the fact, let me just say this fact, that our government, our Federal Bureau of Investigation has taken it upon themselves to allocate funds, compile a list of militias and other attendees in the Virginia rally, and aggressively monitor them is because they've identified them as domestic terrorists. Now that ought not shock you. It ought to be shocking to the sense of our liberty, but it ought not shock you. Because all the way back when Janet Napolitano was Director of Homeland Security and she issued her report, her official Department of Homeland Security report, she said, we can identify potential domestic terrorists as those who are pro-life. Those who are Christians, those who believe in the ideologies held similar to our founders. These are actual words from this report. I don't know if you know this or not, but Congress called her to the carpet for how they were defining domestic terrorists as people who use the terms liberty and freedom. And Janet Napolitano did not back down. She did not equivocate. She did not defend herself in any way or try to back out of this. And she said, nope, this is what this is. This is how we stand, Congress, and on you. What did Congress do when Janet Napolitano's domestic, uh, domestic I, I want to call her a domestic terrorist, which she probably is, uh, Department of Homeland Security called you and me terrorists? Congress did nothing. The report stood. It still stands. We're still teaching Department of Defense people how to identify domestic terrorists as people who believe in the Constitution, who are pro-life, who hold the, the ideologies of the founders of America. We're teaching this in intelligence communities. We're pay our tax dollars are being used to pay to train local law enforcement to 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 identify us as potential domestic terrorists. I want you to be clear about this. There is no way they could legally, under their laws, allocate resources, compile lists, and monitor, and, and use the resources to monitor people unless they've already determined them to be potential domestic terrorists. And now the Federal Bureau of Investigation has determined that you, Americans who exercise their rights to keep and bear arms, who not only exercise their right to keep and bear arms, but stand peacefully publicly, together, in unity, in defense of those things, are now potential domestic terrorists. Welcome to Venezuela, America. That's the bottom line. Now here's the catch. The FBI works under direct subjection and control of the President of the United States. Let me just go ahead and put my tweet up there so you can find it. Constitutionally, the activity of the FBI is directly subject to the order and control of the President of the United States. They are an executive agency. Therefore, they are absolutely and completely controlled 
by the federal government. Specifically, by the President of the United States, who is the CEO of the executive agency. So it is time for President Trump to rein in this abuse of power and inform, let me put you this way since I started off the show talking about education, and educate these FBI agents, and by the way, um, we can just vicariously educate the FISA courts that these, that this is America, not Venezuela, and people in America have rights, and just because you put a name on somebody does not eliminate their rights. I want to just be clear because these agencies, they, they try to hide this because, you know, let me ask you something. If you're doing something and you don't want to admit that you're actually doing it, and when you're questioned about it, okay, when you're questioned about it, you lie. All right, so let's, let's fill this premise. You're doing something. You're not open about doing it. You want to hide that you're doing it. And when you're questioned about it, you lie that you're doing it. Would that not be a very strong indication that you know doing it is wrong? Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. I know I'm not wrong. I mean, I'm a parent. If your child says, I'm not doing it, but you know they're doing it and they're lying to you about it, it's because they know doing it is wrong and they don't want to admit to being wrong. But here's the bottom line. How do all of these classifications, these definitions of potential domestic terrorists come into play? Pro-life people, uh, founders people, constitution people, liberty people are potential domestic terrorists. How does this come to play? Because they get their marching orders from, drum roll, the Southern Poverty Law Center and their ilk. Now they will flat out deny, flat out deny that they are working with the Southern Poverty Law Center. And we have had congressional inquiry that they are uh, into whether they're working with the, with the Southern Poverty Law Center and they will deny it. But the fact remains the fact. They are getting their training and their marching orders from the Southern Poverty Law Center. We know that as a fact. No more discussion. It's absolutely true. Okay? The President of the United States has complete control and authority over the FBI in these matters. And Donald Trump needs to rein them in must rein them in. Now the next question that I want to answer you for you here in the Liberty Classroom is this one from Cindy who goes uh, on the, uh, that goes on uh, Twitter as Liberty Bell 04. And she says, Chris Ann, isn't the Patriot Act and the NDAA a huge problem in giving agencies like FBI and the DHS too much power? Well, this is what we need to understand about these things. And this is how I answered her. Those acts, the Patriot Act, NDAA, are unconstitutional acts according to Article 6, Clause 2, so the power they exercise through those acts, as our founders would describe them, would be a pretended authority. They're not, they're no, uh, let's see, James Wilson called them no law at all. Alexander Hamilton called them null and void. And because they are, by the words of the men who actually wrote the Constitution, no law at all null and void, then guess what? They have no real authority. So my point that I was trying to make, and it's hard to make those points when you only have 140 characters, but the point that I'm trying to make is that they don't actually give the FBI and the DHS power. Because the act cannot give power 
that the federal government is not authorized to possess. But what gives the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security the power is when we submit to that unlawful authority. So what we need to do, we need President Trump to refuse to enforce the Patriot Act and the NDAA on American citizens. And our sheriffs and governors must refuse their enforcement within the states. No law at all. If something, if a law is null and void, okay? If a law is null and void, if it has no legal authority, then what obligation do you have to submit to that authority? Well, the only obligation you have is the one that's up here. This mental one. It's the difference between legal authority and assumed authority. Let me, let, me, let me give you an analogy that I usually give when I'm teaching my class on the creation of the states, the separation of powers from the state and the federal government, and the, the, uh, the, the uh, book that I've written called Sovereign Duty. Sovereign Duty explains all of this. My book, Sovereign Duty, explains all of this in writing with footnotes, with research, with resources. So you can know I'm just not making this up, right? And so if I, let's, let me just pick somebody here in the YouTube chat room. Donnybrook, okay? That's the first name I see. So let's pretend I have stolen Donnybrook's car, okay? Um, let's pretend that I have um, stolen Donnybrook's car. If I steal Donnybrook's car, do I have the authority to drive Donnybrook's car? Uh, no, right? Because I stole it. Do I have the authority to sell Donnie Brooks car no I do not because I was never given the legal authority to do anything with his car therefore and oh well, let me put it this way if I sell Donnie Brooks car is it a lawful sale no it's not because I was never given actual legal authority over Donnie Brooks car right so what's the difference between legal authority and assumed authority let's pretend that Donnie Brook went on a three-week vacation to the Bahamas he's sitting on the beach with drinks with umbrellas and you know getting a suntan the day Donnie Brook leaves for his vacation I steal his car now, for three weeks, I'm able to drive around in Donnie Brooks' car because he doesn't know I've stolen his car. And everybody that sees me driving Donnie Brooks' car, guess what? Assumes that I have the authority to drive Donnie Brooks' car. Now, they assume I have the authority. Why? Because Donnie Brooks has not objected. When he comes home, he realizes that I've stolen his car. He now objects, and guess what? My, my, my assumed authority is exposed, and he has his legal authority to take that back. Right? That's the difference between assumed authority and legal authority. Assumed authority is an errant assumption that something is legal. And it's generally assumed to be legal because people with the knowledge of its illegality have not exposed it. And so the point that I'm trying to make here in this tweet that I have to Cindy is that these acts have no legal authority because the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. And because the Supreme Law of the land has deemed these acts to be unconstitutional, then guess what? 
they have no legal authority. And the only authority they have is the assumed authority because we allow them to be enforced. So the President of the United States should refuse to enforce him, force these laws, because guess what? He's the executive, chief executive, he is the head over the executive agency, and he took an oath not to keep people safe. He took an oath to the Constitution of the United States. And because his oath is to the Constitution of the United States and these acts are contrary to the Constitution of the United States, he has to refuse to enforce them. But as I point out in my book, Sovereign Duty, this also is a duty and requirement upon the sheriffs and the governors to refuse to allow the federal government to enforce these laws within the states. They actually have this authority. This is their power. Not only it is their power, it is their duty. The governors, the sheriffs, the legislators, anybody who's raised their hand that says, I do solemnly swear, I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of my state. They have a duty to refuse to allow the federal government to enforce these laws. That's why the sheriffs in Virginia are well within their authority to tell even the state of Virginia we're not enforcing these laws because these laws are contrary not only to our Constitution, they're contrary to natural law, and we've taken an oath to, to, do these, to, to protect these things. Now, uh, and, and here's the thing, the problem with our education system. We've been teaching the wrong things for a very long time, so what we end up getting are ignorant comments like, right, like Robin and Driver. I don't know what that means, but this is the, uh, I'll put it up here so you can read it yourself. This Twitter person who objects, okay, uh, Robin Hyde goes as at Robin and, Dri and Driver or Robin and River. I don't know which one is which, but Robin Hyde says, if you think it's constitutional, go to court and have a jury and judge decide. It's not up to you or a sheriff to declare something you disagree with as unconstitutional. I learned that, and then, well, actually, he wrote, I leaned that in the ninth grade civics class. Did you miss that grade? Now, this is what ignorance does to the people. Period. Right? This is what ignorance does to the people. Now, let me show you um, how I've responded to this. Okay? These, those same courts said the Constitution declares men and property, uh, declares men property, and Americans of Japanese descent, men, women, and children, can constitutionally be put into detention camps just because of race. And to declare courts to be the only authority is to subject us to the tyranny of oligarchy. All civil authority is derived from the people, not from the courts. We are the creators of the courts, therefore we are the ultimate authority and judge of their authority, period. Anything else is simply despotism. Okay? So this is what happens when our education system, he learned in the ninth grade that the only authority to determine whether the Constitution is, or whether something is constitutional or not, is the courts. We have people in our education system who don't know truth. Can I just jump out and say they are ignorant of truth. They are teaching our citizens ignorance, period. Bam, boom, done. That's it. We can't have an America like we have, with, like we have today, without 176 years of teaching people wrong things. We have created a society built on deliberately crafted textbooks that teach lies, that have trained up teachers who are ignorant of truth, who are now creating and have created an ignorant populace in America that believe stuff like Robin Hyde. Now let me show you something about Robin Hyde really, really quick. 
This is Robin Hyde's page, okay? Look, and I want to show you this because this is the politics of me and the hypocrisy of ignorance, okay? Robin Hyde, since you're not, some of you are podcast listening, I will, I will read this to you, you can't see it. Robin Hyde describes herself on her Twitter page as a lover of truth, environment, democracy, and that health care should be a codified human right. Then you go down and her pinned tweet says, spread the word, billionaires didn't make their money in a vacuum. They did it with your tax dollars, right? So we should hate billionaires because they're taking tax dollars to create their jobs, to enrich themselves. Let's just put it this way. We should hate billionaires because they're taking tax dollars to enrich themselves. Anybody see the problem with this? Okay. I know there are many of you that are, are liberty astute and the bells are already going off. Remember? Healthcare should be a codified human right. Healthcare should be a, comma, a codified human right, which means that people should get healthcare at no cost to them. And when they get healthcare at no cost to them, how is that paid? It is paid with tax dollars. So spread the word. People who get free healthcare don't get their health care in a vacuum. They get their health care with your tax dollars. Those, hey, spread the word, those doctors providing health care for free at no cost. Thank you, my economics professor. Spread the word, Robin Hyde should be typing. Those doctors who are getting paid to provide health care at no cost aren't doing so in a vacuum. They're doing it with your tax dollars. I hope you see the point that I'm making here. The point that I'm making here is this. This political ideology of me. I'm not a billionaire, so I have to hate the billionaires who are making money from government grants, government-funded research, government-funded infrastructure, government-funded loans, right? But because I benefit from health care at no cost to me, it's perfectly fine for hospitals to be paid and benefit from government loans and government grants and government education because of the political ideology of me. It benefits me. They don't see this illogic. They don't see this hypocrisy. Why? Because our school system teaches this hypocrisy and, and, and teaches them what to think and not how to think. Our school systems teach socialism, but they don't teach the contradiction of socialism. Socialistic ideologies are oxymorons. They are nothing but non sequiturs and completely inconsistent conclusions, contradicting themselves all the time. So when Robin Hyde says that we have, to, we have to come against the billionaires because they're benefiting from taxpayer education, they're benefiting from re taxpayer-funded fu uh, research, taxpayer-funded infrastructure, taxpayer-funded loans and grants, we can't ding ourselves from benefiting in the same way from the same things. It's an us versus me thing. Now, before we start rethinking about, hey, wait a minute, this is, you know, this is all the, the, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, this is all, you know, just the liberals. Let me just throw out there something. Oh, remember, legal disclaimer. 
liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over ideology, right? That's where we are, just so you don't get triggered, okay? This is not strictly a liberal affliction. We have plenty of conservatives that want farm bill grants, that want corporate benefits, that want funding for this project, funding for that project. How many churches do we know that want to benefit from government funding? So you cannot think that this is just a liberal ideology. It is the ideology of me. That's what it is. It's the ideology, it's the political ideology of me. Okay? And this is the problem. This is absolutely the problem. Why is it a problem? Because that's what we teach our people. For generations now, we've been teaching socialism, which is the ideology of me. And that's a big problem. Now, the last thing that I want to talk to you about is here on my phone. And... Um, I want to talk to you about it because it's a post that I made some time ago about prayer in schools. So let me just go ahead and I will read this post to you. I don't have it up on our YouTube streams to look at, but so I'm just going to read it to you. Are you ready, everybody? Buckle in. Remember, liberty over security, principle over party, truth over personality. Please let me, be, let me clear up a deception that is robbing Americans of their liberty. Prayer in public schools is not illegal. There is no state in this union that has outlawed prayer in schools. The Federal Department of Education actually prints pamphlets to instruct students of their rights secured in public schools for freedom of religion. Make no mistake, prayer has left public schools not because it is against the law, but because parents do not encourage their children to pray in, at home, because parents do not pray at work, and because churches have failed miserably in their command to teach the flock the full gospel of God and truth. So you're not praying at home, you're not praying in, in, and the churches don't teach the gospel and their parents are not praying in church. So there's no example for the children to pray in school. I go on to say, if Christians actually knew their rights and their duty to pray, no ignorant teacher or school administrator could bully them to, to submit to a lie. Prayer has not been removed from public schools by law. Prayer has been removed from public schools by Christians who no longer pray. Right? Let's just be clear. Now, I know Donald Trump passed the executive order to reinstate prayer in public schools, but he didn't at what he actually he didn't actually say prayer is now legal in schools. What he said was the executive agency will now support students will actively support students who pray in schools funded with federal dollars. So we're not going to leave them out to dry anymore, like past administrations. We're not going to allow these schools to errantly abuse the rights of our students. Under this Trump administration, we're going to, period, stand up, period, and defend these students, period, against schools that take federal fundings who abuse their rights. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I was attacked for this post, believe it or not. Well, I'm sure you cannot believe it, okay? Um, by a teacher. And the teacher said, this was very good until I saw the ignorant teacher comment. Totally unnecessary and, in my opinion, not very Christian comment. The message has been delivered quite well, and, I, and then that. You had me until then. I'm left sitting and shaking my head. Remember the adage, if you can't say anything nice, well, we all know the rest of it. Well, I explained very kindly, because there's nothing wrong with the word ignorant. 
And this is a problem that we've had in America with our whole snowflake mentality and don't hurt somebody's feelings, right? We put negative connotations on words that are simply not negative. Neg ignorance simply means you are not educated. I didn't say they were stupid. There's a big difference, okay? And that's what I try to explain. I said the negative connotation, let me see if I can find, maybe I, oh. I said perhaps you misunderstand the difference between ignorant and stupid. There are many teachers, through no fault of their own, are ignorant of law and the rights of the students. That is not a negative, that is a fact. Well, she comes back and says, to me, it takes away from an otherwise positive message. I'm all for prayer, whatever it is. Oh, no, that was somebody else. Okay. Uh, and this particular teacher that I'm conversing with says, I'm an elementary teacher, and while your use of ignorant has the denotation of lack of knowledge, it also has a negative connotation that we, are, uh, that we teachers are well aware of. Your use of the word is unnecessary. Please change your verbiage. It is insulting. Okay, well, here's my response. Dear Miss Elementary School Teacher, the negative connotation is not one correctly applied. I cannot stop using a word that accurately conveys a me the message simply because it is being errantly received and triggers unwarranted hurt feelings. The word ignorant identifies a specific problem. I personally am very knowledgeable about many things and ignorant of others. I would not have my feelings hurt by identifying that fact. Would you rather I say uneducated? I think we can safely assume not. And here's the point that I want to help you see. I think the real problem with the use of the word ignorant is that our education system has put an unrealistic expectation upon our teachers to know everything about everything. And to point out that they are ignorant of something, albeit absolutely correct, is perceived to be negative because we have created a false expectation that has instilled a certain pride that is offended, offended when we identify a place where our teachers lack knowledge. And I say, I pray that our teachers get educated on the truth of religious liberty and the rights of their students so they do not operate in their lack of education that drives the abuse of those abuse of rights or neglect of those rights. So, you know what her response is? Chrisanne, you are behind the times. <laughs> what in the heck does that mean? Can somebody translate that? Because apparently I'm ignorant in the times that makes us understand that the difference between ignorant and stupid and we don't understand that our teachers don't have to know everything about everything and a, I didn't say this I didn't come out and, and overtly say this because I didn't want to trigger any further but when we are so triggered by the use of a word can I remind you that this is what the race baiters do too so triggered by a word that we get offended. That is a sense of elevated false pride. And I'm sorry, I am not going to, to restructure the vocabulary of the English language that has been established since before Noah Webster wrote the dictionary to not trigger someone in their errant device and understanding of words. What makes me sad is that this person is in charge of teaching our young people. She doesn't tell me how old she is. She doesn't tell me who she is. She just tells me that I'm away from, I'm, I'm, I, am, I am behind the times that I can't use a word that someone might misinterpret. You see, your feelings and your errant education 
do not dictate the proper English vocabulary. And I'm not doing it. I am not a politically correct person. I am not a person that's going to change what I say to make you feel better. Truth is truth is truth, period. And if you can't handle the truth, then you've got no business in a position where you're supposed to be educating our children on truth, period. What's crazy is that my, my post should have actually been more offensive to Christian parents and pastors than to teachers. But here's the thing. We wouldn't be having this problem if our parents, Christian parents, were actively educated in the full gospel of Jesus Christ, the duty to spread the word of the gospel in the hedges and the highways, to not be censored by the unbelieving society. Can I remind you of Acts 5.29? We will, uh, when, when uh, the apostles were thrown into prison for preaching the gospel in the government center, okay? So the, the apostles were preaching the gospel in the government center. They were actually arrested for preaching the gospel in a government center, thrown into jail. God sent an angel, broke them out of jail, and God instructed them, go back to the public, go back to the government center and preach the same thing that you got put in jail for. So they went and did that. And they were arrested again. They were brought before the governor. And the governor said, didn't I just arrest you for preaching the gospel? They're preaching, he says, this Jesus in the government square. And their answer was this, because they said, what's the matter with you? Why won't you obey the law? Their answer was this, we will obey God rather than men. So God breaks people out of jail and tells them to go break the law. That's not me, that's Bible. And we have Christian parents who won't pray at work because their boss has told them no. They won't pray in the government places because they believe that the government tells them no. They won't demand that their government be accountable to morality because, you know, prayer and morality can't have that stuff in government anymore. They don't train their children up to pray in public places. So the children are intimidated by the lack of example of their parents and their pastors to pray in school. That's why there's no prayer in school. Period. If Christian parents taught their children to pray openly, and our children, Christian parents, and their Christian children prayed openly every single day, you wouldn't have teachers who are, excuse my language, ignorant of the rights of the, te of the children because the children will be educated in their rights themselves and not only will they be educated in their rights themselves, they will be exercising their rights every single day. And guess what? When you exercise your rights every single day, everybody's aware of them and they know they can't infringe on them. You know, by the way, that's why we had to, why we all had to gather up in Virginia whether it be spiritually, in, in spirit there, in support, in word, or in physical capacity in Virginia. That's why. Because we don't daily exercise our right to keep and bear arms. Seriously. If we daily exercised our right to keep and bear arms, if we walked around every single day packing, there would not be a question about gun control, period. Because everybody would know it's my right, and nobody would be able to infringe upon it. There'd be no question about it. So ignorance leads to lack of exercise. Lack of exercise leads to a morally, constitutionally weak society. Morally and constitutionally weak societies are the breeding ground for tyrants and despots. And then you have America. Well, I warned you, this is a teach show and not a talk show.
And I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I hope, uh, I, again, I want to thank Richard Kramer for his, um, his, his donation today. Oh, I forgot to tell you, if you want to donate, you can also go to chrisannhall.com. There's a donate button there. You can go to, uh, I already told you this one, I'll put it back up there. You can impact, text IMPACT2020 to 33777. Everything that you give to us goes directly to make sure, making sure that this excellent education comes out. And so here's the problem. Without people who are teaching the truth about Constitution, how will our children ever know that what they're being taught in school is wrong? We raise up a society of Caesar-loving subjects instead of a society of liberty-loving freemen. That's our choice. You only have one choice, two options. You are free or you're a slave, period. So thank you so much for your support. Um, God willing, see you next time. I am so grateful for you. Uh, God bless and have a fantastic Liberty First Day.